This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. Hello, soulful humans. You know, I personally believe and I personally believe that being human is the most spiritual thing you can do. I may or may not have had a podcast. I may have just thought about having a podcast. Either way, hello, humans, soulful humans, human humans. This is episode number 160 of the Better Life, Better Work show, and I am recording this on winter solstice here in the quiet, sunlit afternoon of my office with one of my dogs sleeping at my feet. Uh I'm going to be sharing some lessons I learned and some things that I could think of that had a big impact on me this year that I think will also have a big impact on you. I learn entirely too many lessons for any sane person in any given day, much less a year, and keeping track of them is just not going to happen. I, I do come from abundance that if I need to remember the lesson I learned, I'll remember it. So I did not go back and look at what I learned last January. That seems like a lifetime ago. But I do have a few things I want to share with you that were very, very impactful. Now, here's the other paradigm I'm coming from in this moment. This weekend is Christmas. By the time you hear this, Christmas may be over. And New Year's will be approaching. And some years, I absolutely use the end of the year and the beginning of the year as a catalyst for change, reflection, etc. I'm not necessarily saying that New Year's Day is just another day, although I kind of am saying it. This year, I'm just a little less mountaintop experiences and more feet on the ground boring walks, (laughs) but boring walks make massive movement in my life. And so um, maybe that's the first one I'll share. And I, I, it's possible in the future, I may have another episode coming up. But one of the things I have learned in no particular order, let me mark this off my list here. I will tell you a little side note. One of the most valuable office tools I have is a set of five by seven cards on my desk. Okay. So boredom, there has been a lot of boredom in 2021. And I tell you what, this summer was probably the most boring summer I ever had. And when I was little, boredom got shamed. But this summer, I had a different knowing. I knew that boredom was a luxury. And that I had become a woman who created certain things in our life that allowed for boredom. One of the things I'm noticing in myself and in my clients is that many of our nervous systems are not acclimated to boredom. 
And so we will therefore create drama and trouble and chaos because our nervous system is used to being on guard. And so this summer, I knew that my daughter was getting married. Um, And so I knew that this fall would be a much busier time. I knew that there was a, um, what's that thing when you go to Nashville and you bar hop called bachelorette party. I knew that there would be a bachelorette party. I knew that there would be parties. I knew that there would be wedding uh, stuff. And with wedding stuff, I knew that there would be relational stuff because we are, Bill and I, Samantha is my stepdaughter and we have, you know, blended family things and step families and all that other good stuff. Um, I, I, there were certainly some things on my calendar that I did not realize, uh, that hit in November that are not mine to share, but that have certainly impacted our family. Um, I certainly had no idea that one of my sweet puppies would pass away quickly and suddenly, or more like gradually than suddenly. We knew that he had cancer back in March, but suddenly over the last week, we ended up having to take Rocky Potato in and help him cross the bridge. And so there's been quite a few things. And boredom, my dear friends, is actually a beautiful luxury that your mind does not want to settle with. And so I present this to you as a possibility when boredom comes in to not shame it. Um, but also if, if a, okay, a B with boredom, B, your brain actually will need some conflict. Your brain will, we do better. We, we can turn apathetic if we get too bored, But what I don't want you doing is burning your business down, burning your relationship down, buying something you don't need to buy. I don't want you to outsource the boredom with some kind of dramatic act. And so this is, um, this is another episode that will be coming up a case for hobbies or great television, (laughs) right? So one of the things I work on with some of my um, most successful clients is because they're bored now that they've built their businesses and it's actually working is uh, let's figure out something that brings beautiful tension that brings beautiful challenge and that is intentional um, tension and challenge so that we're not unintentionally burning things down. In the meantime, if you're experiencing boredom, I see you, I feel you, I've been there. It can feel like Groundhog Day and please be so fucking tender with yourself with boredom. And yeah, that boredom is a luxury. And so for me, when things are boring, it's a time to notice how much I have and what I have created. So that's number one. Number two, um, on on the back of boredom, um, it was easier to make up drama about my business, my business actions, than it was to actually feel what I needed to feel, which was self-compassion towards self-compassion and non-judgmental towards all the human experiences I have as a business owner, as a human, as a wife, as a stepmother, as a daughter, because I'm human. So I'm, I'm realizing the places where I used drama in my life subconsciously to outsource, to avoid feeling what needed to be feeling, right? And so even if, you know, it might be I don't want to feel boredom or I don't want to feel grief, right? So I I just noticed that for many years, the suffering that was in my business, so this goes into the next one. 
my business is so interestingly, I track my numbers. I look at my numbers every Friday. I get my reports from my bookkeeper every month. And it's fascinating. The, the almost reliable systems and, and rhythms that my business income and expenses have. And I am almost to the penny of what I made last year without, without setting, I just don't set financial goals very often anymore. Um, I might set some goals, like for example, the pool, um, you know, I might do some of those things, but more about that later. So let me read this to you. The difference maker in my business was never the financial result or the number of clients. It was only ever my ability to trust myself. That's when the peace and ease set in. The actions did not change. I'm a doer. I've always been a doer. If anything, I sometimes need to do less. And what I love about having earned almost to the penny, the same dollar amount for the last 10 years, is the sense of what what makes this year peaceful? What makes this year feel prosperous? What makes this year where I did not worry about money? And I had extra expenses like a daughter's wedding and all the things that come with that. What made it different was only ever my ability to trust myself. Not more clients, not more money, not less expenses but the ability to trust myself. And that is so true that actually this year I did transition my coaching business to be from a life and business coach to I am basically a self-trust coach. How do you, um, someone just shared with me, like everything goes back to believe in you. I'm like so tired of the believe in yourself trope. No one teaches us how to believe in ourselves. I have an episode of a podcast. I don't know which number it is, but it is, um, it actually says how to be yourself, but you could also change that to how to believe in yourself, which is meet yourself and trust yourself. You can't be yourself. You can't believe in yourself if you don't trust yourself. And you can't trust yourself if you don't intimately know all the parts of you. And so with that, I don't know what number I'm on right now, but uh, I have become heavily and completely lovingly internal family systems focused. I am technically IFS inspired. I have a lot of training, but I am not certified and I have I'm waiting for my turn to get into the level one certification, but I have immersed myself completely like a mud bath, like a daily mud bath, both as a student, as a practitioner, and as the client um, in internal family systems. Those are, if I were to share with you all the books that I've read, Transcending Trauma, No Bad Parts, Somatic Internal Family Systems, The Language of Emotions, Becoming Safely Embodied. The Body Keeps the Score, Self-Therapy by Jay Early, Internal Family Systems, a fucking textbook. Um, you are the one you've been waiting for. And Introductions to Internal Family Systems. Those are the two I would start with. You are the one you've been waiting for by Richard Swartz. And internal and an introduction to internal family systems by Richard Swartz. And the next one I would recommend is Self-Therapy by Jay Early. And I both listen, I have all those books on audiobook, and I read them. I highly recommend both.
um, internal family system has is just a paradigm that has actually, if I've been doing personal growth work for more than half my life, that's, that probably started, oh, I don't know, it started probably in high school, got really serious about it in my 20s. Um, two pieces that were missing are this way of being with myself and getting to know myself and talk to myself and manage my emotions and the nervous system. Okay. So IFS, um, ISF, IFS internal family systems modality, um, by the way, it's not just a therapy modality. Someone got all my ass about that. And it was so fucking frustrating, <laughs> not leading from self, but IFS is a, a modality that is also practices in businesses, churches, um, coaching. And I have taken a coaching, um, course that, the outcomes were you'll be able to use this with your clients. So absolutely. I'm using IFS with my clients to the extent that is appropriate. I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach. Okay. Um, because of IFS, I've adjusted the way I meet myself and my different emotions. I have adjusted the way. So for example, my energy, um, I don't, I don't know what my energy is right now. It is both. Actually, this is one of the adjustments. So I'm both grieving my sweet dog that passed away. And I'm also feeling very unusually creative. And in the past, I would have made it be either or, or I would have shamed myself for not being creative, or I would have been stuck under the covers. And I'm really learning, you know, there's the Byron Katie phrase, love what is. And we can say love what is, but actually how to do that has been a block for me. <laughs> I can do it intellectually, but how do I do it in my whole body? IFS helps me meet myself, speak to myself, be curious about myself in a way that actually relaxes my body and my nervous system. So I meet myself differently. Um, and that's made a big difference in 2021. Um, I got boredom. Another one that's on here. I haven't really spoken about this. I, I do remember, I know exactly where I was. I was sitting at my desk in Denton, Texas when I was reading like chapter two and it may be podcast episode number two or three. Amanda Owen's book on the power of receiving Holy shit. And she talked in there a long time ago. So this is not a 2021 knowing this is probably a 2016, 15 or 16 knowing that really nice people actually might not be nice. We might be really giving people might not really be giving we might be having difficulty receiving. And we might be manipulating other people's opinions so that we don't get rejected. Ding, 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 ding. And I, re I realized when I saw that, I realized why up until then I'd had a lifetime of attracting takers. And I began at that, at that time to gently shift my own energy to being receptive, to being a receiver, to being a receiver, to being a receiver. And um, it's interesting because a lot of the takers, people who just took, I never gave back. And, and listen, I, it felt good when somebody was able to receive what I had to give. But then I would look up. With, I didn't even realize this at the time, but I would look up and I'd be like, but what have you done for me lately? Little Paul Abdul. And um, it, it led me to over-functioning, people-pleasing, 
all kinds of learnings on those in the last six years. Anyways, I, I was in a, a workshop with my coach and she brought in another woman to talk about ideal referral partner. You're like, Allison, what does referral partners have to do with being a taker? And it was just interesting. It was a new phase of, you know, we're, we're if you're in business, you're taught about ideal client, etc. Um, I feel like I've gotten a really beautiful balance of reciprocal relationship with my clients, the give and take from my clients. Um, I used to do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, I used to do a lot of over-functioning. Then it could swing back to under-functioning. And I feel like really good reciprocal clients that show up ready to do the work, um, clients that are excited to pay me. I'm excited to work with them. It feels really good. I'm working with, you know, 10 plus clients. And this woman introduced the concept of reciprocal referral partners, and I about peed my pants. It hit me overhead like a cast iron pan, y'all. And I can see, you ever have those insights, like it hits you like a cast iron pan, and not only can you see, but you see all the, it was almost like uh, of images of non-reciprocal people. And and what's interesting, I remember a long time ago, um, a family member of mine, an in-law of mine said some wise words. He said, there are flowers and there are gardeners. And two flowers cannot be in partnership and if a flower and a gardener in partnership, that gardener better have some sourcing of its own. And two gardeners can be in relationships with one another. And I really like the reciprocalness of gardeners. I, I like reciprocal relationships. And it just was really solidified. And and so nothing that I did majorly outside, but I just decided that I am a woman as I cultivate my being. I'm a woman that engages in reciprocal relationships in all areas of life, not just referral partners and business partners. But I realized like there were some times there where I had built up some resentment. I had given and given and given and given and given. I'd given my stage. I've given my stage to a lot of people. And very few of those people have reciprocated. And I don't mean tit for tat, but uh, those people just took and ran and never any appreciation. And yeah, so so I stopped doing that. <laughs> I don't do relationships that are not reciprocal anymore. And I tended to be an overgiver. I don't overgive anymore. I've pulled that back. So that was a big one too. Um, another one that was really fun for me Knock, knock, knock. I hope I really have this one. <laughs> um, I was about to, I was feeling a di- little bit of discontent earlier this year in my business. And I was about to throw money, aka buy a service that I thought my business needed. And I love this person. I love their service. And I was buying from a wound. I was about to buy from a wound. And when I looked at that wound, I realized I didn't need that service. I was about to spend money on branding again. And if you don't know, I feel this is important to be said. If you don't know, branding is not just a visual process. It's actually a really deep inner work process. And if you need someone to help you with your branding... 
I highly have, I have a couple of people I highly recommend, but I definitely especially recommend my colleague Jillian. And she has a certain magic of being able to tap into your energy and see brand you to your future self. And in the past, I've gotten frustrated because I've, I've paid a lot of money for branding and gone through branding processes. I remember one time spending a shit ton of money on the woman that did Brene Brown's branding a long time ago. And um, the lesson I got was by the time my branding was done, that version of me had changed because I tend to evolve and change pretty quickly. And something clicked one day. <laughs> I was about to hire Jillian and I still, I do totally re recommend her, but I realized I didn't need what I thought I needed from Jillian. I already had it all. I had all the languaging. I had all the imaging. I had everything I needed. And I just needed to step into my own credibility, my own expression and so I want to, um, I'm going to have a whole episode on this, but I want to encourage you, I'll probably lead into the next episode, which will be the New Year's episode. Are you making decisions from your wounds, thinking, spending that money, hiring that coach, building that website will finally get you to XYZ, right? And part of my process was the branding was like, I made up this story in my mind that if my brand looked a certain way, then it would be appealing and finally be popular. And the long version of that is that I forgot that I was already popular <laughs> and that I'm popular with myself. And when I allow myself to be popular with myself, I create my best work and I don't need branding. I just need to express what I'm here to express. And so not everybody, now here's the thing. I have 18 years of business. I know what my values are. I know what my skills are. I know who my people are. I am so fucking clear on these things, you guys. There are absolutely times and you may be in a place like that where you need some facilitation to help you get to clarity. The reality was I was avoiding my wound was stepping into the clarity that I already have and know. So I was about to make a purchase to solve my clarity insecurity. And the fact is, I'm really fucking clear. And so I just decided to not make the purchase and be clear. And so here I am clear. Don't buy or sell from your wounds. Don't marry for your wounds. Don't build a business to heal your wounds. It will heal your wounds. <laughs> It will. Like building a business has been the vehicle that has helped me heal a lot of wounds. Being married is the vehicle. Being in relationship is the vehicle that has helped me heal wounds. But check yourself before you wreck yourself. Why are you about to hit the buy now button? Why are are you trying? Are you doing your sales calls? Are you are you enrolling your people? Are you are you making offers from your wounds? And from your not enoughness, or are you making those from your creative sourced self? And a lot of people don't know how to make that jump. That's one of the things I help my clients do. Um, I have a couple of clients, one in particular, that have really seen a giant shift in her. Um, originally, she came in selling from her wounds, selling the way people had told her to sell, selling against her inner authority. And we've realigned that and help her 
um, meet herself and trust herself. And now she's out there enrolling $10,000 clients for six months and getting gigs. And it's just really beautiful to watch that shift. So that is, you know, when you trust yourself by meeting yourself, because you know how to be with all parts of yourself, you actually know what is. Um, so for example, I did spend some money. I, I have spent a little bit of extra money this year. I am opening up a new office building online for Solis. Our membership is moving from an old membership platform that um, has just gathered five years of content and it feels really thick and heavy and sluggish. And I'm moving over to Kajabi so that it can be, streamlined and simple and um, accessible and mobile. And so I'm really excited about that. My job is to create all the content. And I hired somebody not to heal a wound. I hired somebody to perform the function of doing the back end, which they know really well. (laughs) Right? And so I was happy to spend the money to pay somebody who knows what they're doing so that I can create the relational content and they do the other part, right? So make sure even in my coaching, like one of the things I'm looking for in my coaching, which nobody offers, but I offer, (laughs) and I want to be the client in a room. um, I am looking to spend money to be in community with a certain kind of women, certain kind of women, many people. I want to be in a community. I want to be in a club or a mastermind. I don't need it for all the business stuff. I want to be surrounded with like-minded, entrepreneurial, driven, deep, emotionally aware women. I basically want to pay for business friends, (laughs) y'all. Right? Now, here's what's funny. I know what I'm paying for. I'm not paying for a coach to solve my money problems. If there was a time when I hired a gal for Profit First, I do think investing, if you don't know your money stuff, I think investing in Profit First stuff is great. Either Tara Newbin or Megan Hill are both fabulous at it. Um, you know, I spent some time learning how to do Profit First and set up my business that way. And now that I know it and now that I get it, I, like I don't need the how-to. I need the the hot tub, the crock pot of, of other people. And I need permission to be a client in the room. I don't want to bring my client self to, to my mastermind or to my membership. And my earbuds are going out, but they have nothing to do with this recording. Um, right. So I'm, I'm looking for that, but not to fill a hole. I'm looking that because there's something I want to cultivate. I'm looking that for my from my creative self, not from my broken self. And in the meantime, I will keep being a friend to myself and using the friends I have outside of business um, the way that I can. So all that is to notice notice if you're purchasing or selling or marketing from your wounds or from your readiness. That was a big one for me. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm done marketing from my wounds. I feel completely done that with that. I, I just, y'all, there's, I saw a tick guy on TikTok. I've learned so many neat things on TikTok. Here's a little bonus. Some things I've learned on TikTok. Number one, this guy was cute. He was like, I'm 26 and I sold my company for however many millions of dollars. And he said, I learned that money only solves money problems or it only solves problems that money can solve. It doesn't pro- solve problems that money can't solve. And money 
can't solve. No amount, no amount of money, no amount of clients can solve your inability to know and trust yourself. Uh, other things I've learned on TikTok. This is a big one. You're going to laugh at me. I know I'm diverting, but it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. So the other one is my whole life, I have had nasal congestion. Everybody in my family, most everybody in my family, not everybody, but many of us had. My dad always had Afrin around. I've had Afrin around. My husband has Afrin around. Um, always getting congestion. I take Flonase now, actually. Um, daily for allergies and my whole life I've been squirting that shit straight up my nose and I saw an ENT on TikTok that said hey tilt that sucker to the side because <laughs> if it goes straight up your nose and down your throat it ain't you're wasting all that medicine ding 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 and so you just kind of shift it about 20 30 degrees hitting the side of your nostril instead of straight up your nose you know, this is life changing information from TikTok I have a few others, but I can't remember what they are right now. <laughs> Just that one about the nasal spray. My God. 2021, I both love you and I'm so ready for you to be over. There have been a lot of good things. There's been a lot of boredom. There's been a few pain in the ass gut punches. Um, but you know what? It's, it's, I, I am following my excitement list and my excitement, other than the things I'm looking forward to, I'm also just grateful to be here now in this time and space. I'm grateful for your ears listening to this podcast. I'm grateful for the work that I get to do. I'm so grateful for this lens of internal family system and how it helps me see myself in ways that I Literally, I hate when life coaches use the word block, and now I get it. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what blocks were, and now I know what the blocks are, and and the the process of meeting myself and unburdening those really old blocks has been literally enlightening. Not as in like seeing God, but I am so much lighter in the world. I'm approaching my 50th birthday. It's interesting. It is both exciting. And then I look in the mirror and I don't see the Allison that I experience. That's been a little um, interesting to just see my body change different ways to I went to the heart doctor yesterday. Like what? What? The heart doctor? I've always been healthy. Why am I having to go to the heart doctor? And and instead of judging it, I just am so curious about it. What an interesting, what interesting shifts, what interesting times. I mean, some days I judge it. This morning, I literally was cussing COVID. Like, go the fuck away, COVID. All right, you all. Um, the end of the year. Just now, now, now is all I think. Now, moment. If it helps you for it to be the end and the beginning, that is fantastic. If it helps it for you to be another day, I want you to know that that is okay too. And either way, I'm thankful for your ears. If you're a longtime listener or if you're a brand new listener, thank you. And some of my joy will be back. So thank you for your graces. I'm a little softer than usual. More coming soon. Thanks for listening.
Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the Soli Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.